Welcome to episode two of Cabin 11, where there is always room for anyone looking for a family. I'm Celeste. I'm Minnie. And this is Cabin 11. A Percy Jackson podcast. <laughs> These first ep- few episodes, um, we are still figuring things out, so please bear with us as we learn more how to do this podcast thing. Specifically, last week we realized how much we said, um, so we're going to work oh. on that one today. <laughs> Can't make any promises, but we're going to try. <laughs> Um, as we mentioned in the last episode, oh, I already messed up. <laughs> <laughs> we'll try. Um, oh, geez. As mentioned in the last episode, we will be covering a brief overview of a Greek myth. Uh, this episode, we will be starting with the importance of the summer solstice, which um, we're actually recording this on the summer solstice for yes, we are. North America. So <laughs> that's pretty exciting, which is significant because that's where the books are like set. It so is. The sun sets Happy in summer an hour. solstice. <laughs> Thanks. Happy summer solstice yesterday. <laughs> Although for me, I think it's winter. Winter solstice. Oh yeah, you had winter solstice. <laughs> Midwinter, yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Uh, as you'll learn if you don't already know, Greek mythology is very intertwined with many different versions of each story. We are not experts or remotely qualified. We're just here to have a good time and dive on into a story that we love. <laughs> uh, specifically for the summer solstice, I pulled this from... Like the, the Riordan wiki. So this one is specific to the Percy Jackson universe. So it says that the summer solstice is the summertime meeting between the Greek gods of Olympus. The summer solstice is the longest day of the year. And it is the time when the Greco-Roman gods' magic powers are at their strongest. It occurs every year on June 21st. And it is when the Tropic of Cancer is closest to the sun. It is also known as the celebration of fertility and harvest. And often signaled the beginning of summer. Which we've already said... For today, it is the summer solstice. So you can find Cabin 11 on Instagram at Cabin11Podcast and on Twitter at CabinPercy. Follow these accounts to receive the most up-to-date information about your favorite Percy Jackson podcast. Anything that we find out that's interesting related to the Percy Jackson world as well, we like to share with you guys. Make sure to follow so that you're in on all the fun stuff. Heck yeah. And before we jump in... This is when we say that there will be major spoilers ahead, so proceed with caution if you're a first-time reader. You'll have some spoilers coming, and don't say we didn't warn you. We're going to include this every time. Yes, I think <laughs> Just it's important. in case you're joining us later. So, major spoilers ahead. Last episode, we met our main protagonist, Percy, and boy, did he have a rough time on his school trip. His teacher turned into a monster, and he vaporized her. And everyone in his whole school is now completely unaware that she ever existed, thanks to the mist. We covered a brief history of Kronos, and we also talked about the Furies. So, so if you haven't listened to that one, go back and uh, yes. give that one a listen, and we'll wait for you right here. <laughs> I'm waiting for them to come back. <laughs> for chapter two, it is Three Old Ladies Knit the Socks of Death, um, and in this chapter percy finishes the remainder of his term at school and during this time he tries to catch people in a lie about mrs dodds but nobody uh nobody trips up on him the gaslighting continues from grover and mr brunner no uh gatekeeping or girl bossing just just gaslighting Only gaslighting this chapter is definitely filled with a lot of misunderstanding and miscommunication. And on the bus back from home, we are introduced to three interesting ladies who are knitting at the side of the road. Honestly, this chapter makes me so sad. 
when I was reading it, I think it was like the third time I was reading it a couple weeks ago, I realized that I think this, even throughout the entire series, is the time where Percy truly feels more isolated than he ever has because he already doesn't feel liked. He doesn't feel like he belongs. He keeps ending up in these bizarre situations. And now everybody's pretending like he's going crazy. Or so he thinks. He doesn't know at this point if Mrs. Dodds is was a delusion of his or if she was real. Except for the fact that he knows Grover so well. And every single time he's like, hey, where's Mrs. Dodds? Grover just hesitates. And he goes, who is that? We do not know a Dodds. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Grover, how could you lie to our Percy like this? I know. I really do agree with that statement, though, because, like, the more you think about it, even though, like, he goes through periods of isolation later on, this is when he doesn't know anything about the actual, like, world that he belongs to. He doesn't have any answers. he feels like he doesn't belong anywhere. Yeah. And coupled with the fact that he's been officially, like, kicked out of school this chapter, like, it's made very clear that he's not welcome back next term. Yeah. Just that's where the like misunderstanding and miscommunication comes in a bit later as well. Oh, it's just so sad. (laughs) And honestly, like he just thinks he's unwanted by all of the people that he's come to like know. You know? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) The fact that he's trying to catch people in a lie by springing Mrs. Dodds on them too. Nobody knows who the heck Mrs. Dodds is because with the mist, it will alter your memories and your perception of reality to fit the narrative to hide and protect like the gods and like that kind of part of the world you know which is so, so wild to me because oh, right. um there's one point and i am gonna jump ahead a little bit because it's not much further than oh, yeah, where we're right at ahead. um where mr brunner says to grover where he's like you know the mist has fooled him so it makes me wonder how many of these situations did percy actually push that lever that caused the sharks to fall in like were those like that caused students to fall into that or is that just what his brain remembers was there something more like a mrs dodd situation you know what i mean yeah exactly and like I reckon just because of, like, the age that he is at the moment, like, he's in His on imagination the cusp of, is wild, like, too, right? But also, like, that preteen age, you're on the cusp of growing into an adult. Yeah. And leaving behind your childhood innocence. So it's like the mist may just not be working on him as effectively as it has in the past. So yeah. I also picked up on that as well. I'm like, did he actually pull a lever or... Did something else go down and everyone just, and he thinks he pulled the lever as well because that's yeah. what the mist did, blamed yeah. it on him. But I think Grover also notices that Percy isn't being fooled this time and that's yeah. why he goes to Mr. Brunner. I agree. It's like, mm, like, the mist is going to work. No, no, it's not working. That's what I'm trying to tell you sort yeah. of a deal, you know? <laughs> but like Brunner doesn't believe him because... The mist has always worked. The mist has always worked. And Mm. even then, Brunner, he's not, you know, celestial like a god, but he's an immortal being who assumes he's seen everything there is to see. Something else that we see happening in this chapter is we see a lot to do with the weather, which to me, I didn't realize this until I think it was 2020 when I reread the series, that the weather really shows what's going on if you're paying attention because... Zeus is weather. Zeus is upset. So there's tornadoes, there's huge storms. And then what I found interesting, and Minnie and I kind of briefly have talked about this already, is that small planes keep going down across the ocean. So I'm not sure if this parallel is supposed to be that it's like Zeus versus Poseidon, or if it's supposed to be like 
Zeus and Poseidon, like, their quarrels, or I'm just not sure. I, I wasn't in Uncle Rick's head when he was writing this, so. Yeah, yeah, I really love that we both picked up on this as well, because I always thought it was kind of both, because they specify the ocean, like, did they say yeah. the Atlantic or something? Like, so they specify the ocean. Um, yeah, it's not like a specific We do find out later in this book that Percy cannot fly anywhere, because Zeus is petty and feels threatened by a literal child um (laughs) like the audacity that percy has to jump on a plane zeus is just like appalled later in the series (laughs) but like god i forget that that happens i literally just read the book yeah and i forget that that happens (laughs) it's crazy right and i'm like wow okay pity zeus but okay um but also noting that the weather has been odd since christmas which we learned in the last chapter here we are in june and it's still going wild like yeah you know it's it's on what yeah late may early june is where we are now because the summer solstice is coming up it's still going crazy it's been six months and they've done like nothing (laughs) nothing yep at least for like us it's just like wow okay Zeus has been throwing a temper tantrum for, like, the last six months. No, and that's all he does throughout this entire series is he throws temper tantrums. <laughs> he temper tantrums. To be fair, they, it's, all it's the gods do, and then they look at their children and they're like, <laughs> fix. I just think it's hilarious that, yeah, the gods just, like, expect all of their children to fix everything for them. It's mm-hmm. like, wow, okay. <laughs> yep. We love it, though. If we didn't, if they didn't do that, we wouldn't have we a wouldn't story. Have these, and not even uh, just this story, but, like... So many so stories. So many stories. <laughs> Another moment that really caused me to, like, I, there were multiple times that I was almost crying while reading this, like, chapter again, um, because you can see, like, Percy almost deteriorating. He starts acting out, like, emotionally. He has less, he has a lot more issues with impulse control. And his teachers around him probably boiled it down to, you know, he's ADHD. He's a troubled kid, yada, yada, yada. It's Yancey Academy for troubled kids. More likely than not, this is a sign that Percy's probably developing depression because this goes on for at least, like, five months, if not six, depending on when, like, he got out of school. Yeah. But So from, like, the beginning of January to typically schools in New York, because I live in New York, get out Mm. mid-June. So schools are just getting out for summer break right now. So that's six months that he felt like everybody was lying to him, including his best friend. And yeah, that's pretty that savage. takes a <laughs> mental toll, especially on a preteen, where you already think all these things about yourself. Oh, yeah, for sure. The slipping grades and, like, the nightmares affecting his sleep. It's so heartbreaking. He's this kid who's just trying to understand his place in the world and he's feeling so isolated because nobody believes him. And the one person that he can tell is lying is supposed to be his best friend. But, like, the fact that, like, with the sleep and the slipping grades, it's something that's also really relatable. No matter yeah. how old you are, it's, like, one of the it's, that's one of the things I love about the book. Because while it is from the perspective of, like, a 12-year-old, everyone can relate to and understand what he's going through in some capacity. Oh, like, yeah. We've all had moments of sadness that affect our sleep. Like, some more so than others. Some of us probably have a far deeper understanding, but it's just so brutal. And with more of the miscommunication stuff, once Percy finds out that he's not able to, like, come back to school, yeah, he like, like Mr. Brunner trying to reassure him, 
says it's for the best, Percy. And, oh, gosh, it's so sad because now Percy feels like his favorite teacher is rejecting him. Like, doesn't want him to come back to the school. And it's just, oh, this poor kid, honestly. He's gone through so much. Feels like all of the people that he loved are turning their backs on him. No, it's... You're reading this kid be traumatized. <laughs> right? Like, he gets attacked in a museum. Less, literally within five minutes. Oh. Vicious nightmares. And then within five minutes, everybody's telling him, you know, this didn't happen. Especially his best friend who has always been there with him through everything. So one of the interactions that happens because of Percy's emotional state is he gets in an argument with one of his teachers because he's not doing his homework. And this also didn't set nicely with me these students are already at this location because it's I, troubled I zoned kids. out yeah, i'm so have, sorry yeah, yes it's for troubled kids so and this teacher asks him why he was too lazy to do his homework percy even says that he was usually you know a c student but then yeah. in this situation he dips into the d's and f's and it's it just baffles me that nobody tried to ask him what was wrong right like he's not getting the help he needs at a school where he's supposed to be getting more help you know yeah and it really baffles me that calling his teacher a sot which for those who don't know what it means and i also had to look it up it's basically he basically called his teacher an alcoholic a drunk (laughs) um which i think is hysterical the sass on this kid to just call his teacher in front of the whole class an alcoholic. (laughs) But, like, that's public school type of stuff. And that was the breaking point for him getting removed from this school? Right, that's so minor. And, but, like, ugh. Like, even with the other things that we saw beforehand, you know, him getting in this supposed fight with Nancy Boba Fett last episode... But it wasn't really a fight because he didn't actually touch her. Like, little things like that. You'd think that something like that would be more of a this, this pushing point. But no. He just called his teacher a name. I used to work in a public school. That's nothing. When I read this for the first time, I didn't know what it meant at all. Um, but I was always... I was the sort of kid... I wouldn't go and look up what a word meant. I would just infer the meaning from... Um, whatever I was, like, reading at the time. Like, I just, yeah. like, inferred that it was, like, a bad thing to say to someone, even though I had no idea what it meant. I li- I only l- found this out when I looked it up, literally, for this episode. That's so funny. Because it's not common vernacular. Like, Mm-mm. it's not something that we say these days. God, no. Um, I always thought he was calling him a sock. I love that. It's because, so pure. <laughs> because I used to listen to it, and so I'd yeah. listen to the audiobook and be like, why did his teacher get mad? He called him a sock. <laughs> Right? Like, that's so... Imagine getting, like, kicked out of school because you called your teacher a sock. That's like, so funny. Did you like, say Like, we know that name-calling is bad. Ugh, but come on. That's hilarious. After he has this experience, Percy's guardians, basically his mother, receives a letter from the headmaster saying that Percy will not be invited back to Yancey Academy that next year. So now he is going into seventh grade at his seventh school, which that also inconsistency on anybody is really hard. Oh, yeah. Like, it takes time to fit in at a school. If you're constantly moving around from grade to grade, school to school, 
That's a little rough on anyone. Like, I know I moved schools as a kid, like, because of just circumstances in my life. I was, I went to like four or five different primary schools. Wow. And that, it was a lot because you had to start over from scratch every time. I lost contact with my friends from primary school. I like had to rebuild my whole life over and over again. I mean, it did familiarize me with it for later in my life, but when I had to like pick things up from the start, but like I was a quiet kid, you know, I'm not that great at making friends. Percy is a kid that like, Causes chaos wherever he goes unintentionally, which I feel like kind of makes it also difficult to fit in because people are like, who's this weird new kid? Like, what? Why is he always getting into trouble? Yeah. Get that troublemaker reputation. Just not fair. No, it's not. And he just keeps going through it year after year. And nine times out of ten, they're really not his fault. <laughs> Yeah. So as it's getting towards the end of the year, Percy's pretty much given up on every class. The only one that he keeps studying for his finals for is Latin. And the anxiety that he's experiencing trying to study for this test causes him to, like, chuck his book across the room. And in a moment of defeat, he finally decides that for the first time in his life, he's going to go ask his teacher for help. But when he goes to ask for help, he hears what I personally think is a teenager's worst fear, and that is a friend speaking to an adult about them. <laughs> mm, the ultimate, absolute ultimate betrayal, because it's not just any kid, it's his best friend, his one and only true friend, you know? Yeah. I also really liked the way that they described him having issues with the studying this time. It's like the words were super floating jumbled off the on page. the page, but yeah. also floating off the page and like mixing around. And I think that is because, because we all know the dyslexia thing yeah. is to do with, the dyslexia thing is to do with like the half-blood thing, because naturally he wants to be reading like latin Mm -hmm. so because he's studying a mixture of like latin and english the words are trying to like they're getting jumbled because his brain is trying to interpret them as it should or like does naturally but yeah i don't know i thought that was like kind of cool to notice because we find that description i think where they come off the page and like the letters rearranged later yeah i feel like i remember that happening i definitely think that that happens at one point i can't remember where but, Somewhere in the series, fam. <laughs> yes, we'll find it. But this we'll is when uh, Percy realizes that what's been happening is all real. He mm. was attacked, and Grover knows about it, and so does Mr. Brunner. Yeah, and the mist <laughs> isn't working on Percy anymore. Yes, because this is the moment where Mr. Brunner tells Grover, no, you don't need to worry. The mist worked on his peers, so I'm sure it worked on him, or something along those lines. Or, like, his um, opinion of his peers is going to, like, be enough to sway him, Mm -hmm. sort of a thing. It'll be enough to, like, fool him, or whatever it is. And it's like, no, it's... And now that he's overheard this, absolutely not. (laughs) It would have if Grover didn't keep hesitating. Mm, Probably. Well, he he says that at one point. He says, um... I almost could have went along with it if I didn't know Grover so well or something like that. I don't know where my phone is. But there's there's definitely a line where it says something like that. <clears throat> so, hearing this, Percy drops his book, which startles Mr. Brunner and Grover in the office and causes Mr. Brunner to say that he's going to go check it out. 
Percy sneaks away and sneaks into an office that is empty. And when Mr. Bonner walks by, he hears this, like, clip-clop sound. And a figure much taller than his Latin teacher, who is wheelchair-bound. And a shadow that looks like it's holding a bow. So Percy books it back to the room. When Percy gets back to the dorm room, Grover beat him back. And he's sitting on the bed and he's like, hey man, you okay? And Percy's like, yeah, just go to sleep. So Percy just goes to bed because he just overheard his best friend and his favorite teacher talking about him and the fact that he actually got attacked by a demon. So he thinks. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. And like Mr. Brunner is, because Grover, of course, takes on a lot of blame. He says a lot of things that Percy doesn't understand. Yeah. Like about, uh, he goes on later and to say, like, it's always sixth grade. Why is it sixth oh grade? Oh my God. Like, sort of a thing. Yes. And, um, Miss, and he says to Mr. Brunner, I can't like fail again. And Mr. Brunner is like trying to reassure Grover and be like, oh, hey. You didn't fail. I should have seen her for what she was. Yeah. So it's like that. That was like I feel like the key moment for Percy hearing that. It's like, wow, super validating that I'm not going crazy. But also, what the hell, man? <laughs> You've been lying to me the whole time. Yeah. Are you joking? Yeah. Which is so hard. The next day, it's his Latin exam, and Percy is fully convinced that he failed it, even though he tried his best. And as he goes to hand in his test, I think a second fear of teenagers is realized. (laughs) Um, And I know you started to touch on this earlier, Minnie, so I don't know if you want to talk about it. Well, just it's this is the this is the moment where Percy like hands in his exam and has a moment to talk to Mr. Brunner as before he like leaves the classroom. And Mr. That's when Mr. Brunner says it's for the best, Percy. And. (sighs) Like, Mr. Brunner, to his credit, is trying to be reassuring because Mr. Brunner knows the full picture. Like, he knows that, like, the school isn't where he's supposed to be. It's not where he belongs. Yeah. He belongs at Camp Half-Blood, you know? Percy, of course, doesn't know anything about Camp Half-Blood yet. He just feels like he doesn't belong anywhere. And now his favorite teacher is confirming his worst fear that they were never wanted any yeah. at any point in time like kind of thing and that seems over dramatic one of the things with like neurodivergent kids is you can have like rejection sensitive dysphoria or something oh, yeah something like that and i feel like this is almost like what's being highlighted here it's because if it can be taken in a way that means you're feeling rejected that's how you're gonna take it like yeah, definitely <laughs> like this poor kid thought that mr brunner was his favorite teacher and Mr. Brunner out here being like, it's for the best that you don't come back next year. Even though that's not what Mr. Brunner's saying. Mr. Brunner's saying, it's okay, there's something better for you. But yeah, that's not there's what he bigger said, and he better said. things to come. Don't worry about yeah. this. Yeah, and it's just like, oh, poor Percy. <laughs> like, honest, for the first few chapters, it really is just like poor Percy. Actually, for the whole series, it's kind of like poor Percy. Because all of the oh. stuff he has to go through. <laughs> um, <laughs> these first few chapters definitely hit the most because, at least in the rest of the series, for the most part, Percy has some sort of explanation of why these things are happening, which is the gods. It's the gods. It's, you know, mystical beings that are making these things happen or using me. So that's yeah. that's why I think these episodes hit just a little they bit hit harder because he's just so he's not in the loop. He's drowning. Yeah, 
He which, really is. <laughs> not that he can, but he's drowning. Emotionally, mentally, psychologically, the kid is drowning. Poor thing, honestly. I just feel so bad for him. <laughs> yeah, no, definitely. So after he has this conversation with Mr. Brenner, he, he storms out because, you know, not only did his favorite teacher basically tell him, <clears throat> see ya, um, his bully overheard it and watched him leave the entire way. Which is humiliating for a child. It's humiliating for a person in general. So, and the one thing that he was super sad about was the fact that he was going to have to ride back into the city alone. But come to find out, Grover booked a ticket for the same Greyhound at the same time as Percy. And they're going to ride from upstate down back into the city, which Percy was very excited about. Yeah, no, I do like that. Like, I mean, we find out that... That's literally because Grover is his protector. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. like, the fact, because one of the things Percy says is, like, I didn't know how to say goodbye to Grover. Or I was, like, dreading saying goodbye to Grover, like, because he didn't, mm-hmm. didn't want to say goodbye to his best friend, you know? Even though his best friend did kind of betray him a little, but it's the only person Percy has. Yeah. So, to find out that his bestie's coming on the bus with him is pretty great. Because uh, we all love company on a bus trip, especially oh, a yeah. long one. Um, yeah, this is at least like a five, four or five hour trip. Yeah, I don't know what a Greyhound is. Uh, it's a bus. So It's a in, specific it's, bus? Yep, yep, it is okay. a bus that is specific to New York City, from my understanding. Mm. And the Greyhound is like the brand. So like when you're in New York okay. City... Okay, I'm going to backtrack a little bit. So, my parents yeah. live in New Jersey. When yeah. I go to New, to New York City from New Jersey, I take the New Jersey Transit. Mm. From the New Jersey Transit, I get into Penn Station. Um, but if you go a couple blocks over, the Greyhound Station is there. It's basically, uh. like, the region of buses. Okay, alright. I think I understand that. Yeah. Yeah, I just, like, I never... I. I mean, I don't know anything about American public transport, obviously. I am not American. <laughs> I got you. I've been to America, but I don't know sh- anything about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the thing about this this bus trip in particular is <laughs> that the bus breaks down partway oh, yeah. through. And this sends Grover into a bit of a panic. Cause First like, oh, time they're on a bus that has an issue. Jeez, but like, yeah, okay. Bus bus breaks down, and they all like pile out of the bus for some fresh air because it's like summer, so things are heating up, and the bus is getting hot. So they're waiting for things to fix, right? And we see three old ladies knitting some socks on the side of the road. Now these aren't just your normal socks; they're freaking humongous, ginormous socks. I I want to interject really quick here. Mm-hmm. Um, something kind of important happens right before that. Oh, wait. Yeah, no. Go ahead. Um, when they get on the bus, Percy notices that Grover is, like, really fidgety. But the only time that he'd ever experienced this was when they were, like, leaving the school. And Percy always assumed it was because of bullies. He leans over and he goes, looking for kindly ones. <laughs> oh, how did I skip over that bit? Oh, my God. That's okay. And Grover freaks out. And he's like, what? Where where did you hear this from? But he, like, tries to backpedal it in a way. And 
finally ends up just saying, Percy, don't ask me any questions. Here's my card. And it's oh yeah, the and card that <laughs> says um, Grover Underkeeper Seeker, I think it is. Or protector. He's still a protector right now. Yeah. And then it has the Camp Half-Blood address. And Percy... And Percy sees this. Yeah. He sees oh. this and he's like, you have a summer address? Like, oh! <laughs> because... Like, gosh darn it. My best friend is one of these rich dudes, too. Dudes. Yeah. Like, because all of... Like, it mentions earlier in the chapter, just backtracking even further, like, about... Um, some of the kids from school who were talking about like their summer homes and like how rich their families are, all of that kind of jazz, and ask what Percy's plans are for the summer. And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm just going to the city." Like, yeah, because it's where he lives. You know, and they're like, "Oh, but, cool." Uh, <laughs> yeah, but again, this is another point of misunderstanding for Percy as well, yeah. because it's like, "Wow, okay, you're one of them." What like that divide between like rich and poor? And Grover's like, "No, no, that's not." <laughs> like, I'm protecting you. It. Yeah, and then Percy and just then, like stares at him, and he's like, "Are you kidding me?" You're protecting me? Yeah, right? And Percy's like, are you joking? I have been standing up for you this whole year. The whole what? school year against Nancy <laughs> Boba Fett. Right? Oh, jeez. But, yeah, so there's that. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we're back <clears throat> and then the we're at the breakdown. Bu- yeah, then we're at the breakdown yeah. of the bus with the three old ladies. Take it away. Now, Grover sees these ladies and looks <clears throat> like he wants to, like, die. <laughs> Man, sweating. He's- so terrified, like sweating, fidgeting, absolute fear plastered all over his face. And Percy's just like looking at them, like, oh, cool. What are those socks you're knitting for a giant? Probably, actually. You know. You think those just... would fit me? <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, goodness me. Um, and yeah, yeah, there. So uh, he watches the, the three old ladies pull and then snip a thread a blue thread of yarn i mentioned the color because it is uh important later yes <laughs> it's important later it is important. um blue is a very important color in this series it very much is interestingly enough <laughs> um grover's trying to like convince percy to get back on the bus and percy's like are you joking it's like a sauna in there um <laughs> Yeah, no. And he's watching, all this time he's watching these ladies and then they, he watches them cut the thread and then magically the bus is fixed and everyone piles back on, literally magically the bus is fixed. Like mm-hmm. they, they broke down at that specific spot for a very good reason. And Grover asks, did you see them cut the thread? And Percy's like, yeah, <laughs> like no big deal. They're just cutting some yarn. They finished their socks kind of a deal. But like, yeah, you know, Grover knows that this is the fates. Um, <laughs> yeah, and he just saw them cut a lifeline. What? Mm, interesting. Yeah. So after this point, the bus gets going, and Grover makes him makes Percy promise to let him walk him home. And at this point, Percy's Percy's freaking out. He's he's sweating. He's starting to not feel good. He feels feverish, almost like he has the flu. And he looks over at Grover, and Grover looks the exact same. So as they <laughs> yeah. get into the city. Percy, sorry, I'm jumping ahead of the chapter. No, go ahead. I'm jumping into the next chapter. Um, but as they're getting into the city, uh, they get off and Grover runs to the bathroom. And that's pretty much where the chapter ends. Yeah, so pulls into the station and Percy books it while Grover's running to the loo. Yep, and that's how <laughs> the next chapter starts. It, yeah. yeah 
Oh, so good, good chapter. Honestly. It is a good I chapter. I love how I love how these first few chapters just like set things up to make you like, like set it up to hook you in because there there's so, so many much questions. Mystery. Yes, you have so many questions at this point. Like, who is Percy? What is Percy? What is this mist? What does Camp what Half Blood? What is a kindly one? Like, who yeah. is Grover? What was that mysterious figure with the bow? Yeah. Like, how did everyone forget Mrs. Dodds exists? Yeah. Why does everyone hate me? Sort of a deal. Not like, why there's does so many, me. so many questions. No, there definitely are. And. I feel like these first five chapters, not only are they introduced, but they're all answered, mm. which is super yeah, good like, for a book, in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Like, all of, all of these questions do get answered, yeah. um, which is fantastic, because I don't like it when pe- things are left up to, like, your opinion. Like, if it's not... <laughs> If it's not expressly explained, I'm like, why mention it then? Yeah. <laughs> but no, I do I do appreciate that um, things are mentioned and explained. And even if they're not explained in this book, this whole series and the follow-on series do a really good job at like setting things up and then resolving everything, which is great in a series. This yes. Is, this is great. You can reread Absolutely this at any age. Wonderful. I highly recommend you reread And always this relate all the time. to it. At any yeah, age. there's always something different and Definitely. something new to learn. Definitely. That's great. So towards the end of our episodes, each episode, we are going to try to look back and see if there's a way that we can compare this to other Greek mythology stories. Maybe talk a little bit more about some characters that we met. Um, and for this episode, it's going to be the Fates. So Yeah, so we're introduced to the Fates, which are the three old ladies knitting the socks of death. Um, in Greek mythology... They're also known as the Moira, Moirai. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right. I think you right. said that right. I think you did. <laughs> the three sisters. So there's Clotho, who's the spinner. Lachesis, who is the drawer of lots, or Elotta. And Atropos, which means unturning or inevitable, which is kind of like the lifeline one. Yeah. So there's the spinner, the drawer, and the cutter. <laughs> They cut the lifeline sort of thing. They would begin, draw out, and cut your life story in a single thread. Much like other mythologies, their parentage varies. Specific to the Percy Jackson universe, um, the fates are children of Zeus and Themis, but they are also known to be daughters of Nyx instead, um, like in other retellings. But I did look into the specifics of this one on the wiki. So for Percy Jackson universe, universe it's Zeus and Themis. Um, and in history, typically they would appear within three days of the birth of a mortal to like determine the fate of the child. In Percy Jackson, definitely not the case. Percy is 12. Um, and he sees them cut a thread on his way home for the summer. <laughs> you know? My interpretation of this initially, like not thinking ahead to spoilers is that um, at this point in Percy's life, he is just realizing that things in the world are different and his eyes are being opened to what the, like, strange mystical things that are happening around him. So he's, like, only just able to start, like, seeing that. Um, So it's kind of his, like, birth into this world in a way because he's recognizing that everything isn't as it seems, which is, I think, why he can see the fates but also, you know, has no idea the significance of seeing the fates. Um, 
We do later find out that it is not his fate thread that has been cut at this time, but it is a key piece of foreshadowing for later. Yes, yes it is. Basically, when the last few books weren't out, I always assumed as well that this was Percy's lifeline. Oh, I think everybody did, honestly. I mean, that's exactly um, what it's laid out to be. You don't find out until the last book, right? It's yeah. It's the last book of the series that you yeah. find this out. So that's some serious um, foreshadowing. Of this series, to be specific, because there are, yeah. from my understanding, oh, yeah, there are three series that include Percy. Um, so we're just talking about the first five books of this series. Yeah. Yeah, for now. <laughs> for now. So that's them. But yeah, like typically in the greek history it would be um, i think it's specifically as you were born it's great they do it for gods too gods aren't exempt from this mortals and gods uh have their lifeline drawn and and seeing interfering with the fates is like very much a no-no well yeah that makes sense yeah like so gods are trying to interfere with the fates Mm, no big trouble don't try and escape your destiny you will make things (coughs) horrible for yourself yeah cool now don't forget that you can find us at cabin 11 podcast or one word on instagram and on twitter at cabin percy you can also email us to for the chance to have your percy jackson story featured or any other questions or queries or even points that you would like to add or us to address yes, please. Um, you oh. can oh yes yeah, i fell into us. my face <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can send those through to us at cabin at uh, Kevin11podcast at gmail.com. Um, yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yes, please. And we hope mm. that you enjoyed your night in Cabin 11. And as always, we look forward to having you for the rest of the summer. Have a good night. Oh, have a good night. <laughs>